0: Hello friends and welcome to Swimming and Singing, the podcast for Spoonies and the people who love them. I'm Sarah Nelson, a yoga therapist in Portland, Oregon, and today I'll be talking to fellow yoga therapist Elaine Oyoung. We chat about what makes yoga therapy different than going to yoga class, yoga therapy for chronic pain, and how Elaine started working with folks with chronic pain. Elaine shares a breath practice for calming the nervous system, as well as one great yoga pose for a daily practice. And friends, I'm excited to include in the show notes a link to a video from my online membership of me offering several options for relaxation pose, including the one Elaine shares with us. We wrap up by Elaine sharing the ways we can find and connect with her, including a free breath practice on her website. One exciting thing that we didn't get around to chatting about in the show is that Elaine has a summer yoga retreat in Seattle coming up in early August. Check her website to get more info on that. Just a reminder, This podcast is for inspiration and information and does not replace medical care or advice. I am not a licensed healthcare professional or mental health therapist. Not all practices discussed on this podcast will be suitable or accessible for everybody. But I hope that you find something that resonates and can bring a bit more ease and joy into your life. Let's get to it. Elaine O'Young is a certified yoga therapist based in Seattle, Washington. Her work focuses on private and small group sessions for people who struggle with stress, anxiety, depletion, chronic pain, and feelings of not enoughness. Hello, Elaine, and welcome to Swimming and Singing. Elaine and I are both yoga therapists, and so I thought we might start off by chatting a bit about yoga therapy, what it is, and how it's different than a regular yoga class or yoga practice. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Sarah, and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, I guess starting off with yoga and yoga therapy and how yoga therapy is different from yoga. Which is kind of weird for me because it's such a oh, – I always want to say that yoga therapy is what yoga traditionally is. And what we know of yoga today in, um, for the majority of the population actually has become so westernized in the way that has such a fitness focus, um, such a focus on just the physical aspect, which – There's nothing wrong with that, but it really only skims the surface of what yoga is. And I guess in a way, at least in the West, the International Association of Yoga Therapy is reclaiming yoga, but as yoga therapy, they tack on the word yoga therapy to really allow for the full breadth of yoga to shine through. So that that being said yoga therapy is a more personalized and individualized way of working with a student there is a stronger teacher student relationship as yoga has been taught for a long long time in india and it works really not just on the physical aspect but emotional mental and spiritual aspect of the student that whatever it is that caused them any sort of suffering, whether that's emotional stress or physical pain or pain of any sort, but in a much in-depth level. Um, So that's kind of in a nutshell and what yoga therapy looks like today in terms of how I work and probably how you work as well, Sarah, is one-on-one sessions. And we go very much in depth with our client talking about their personal history, medical history, um, their day to day life and look at what their current challenges are and give them not just advice on the physical sequences and practices they can do, but also through maybe an Ayurvedic perspective, their eating habits, their daily routines, um, even shifting their mindset a little bit using... Things like yoga philosophy as a tool to help guide them from perhaps where they're they feel like they're stuck now to somewhere where they want to be. So yeah, that's my yeah that's my two cents on what yoga therapy is, and um, I'm sure we can add on to that. You can add on top of that as well.
0: Thank you so much. I think you you did such a good job of concisely describing it. I feel like I get real in my head about it. And, um, that was well done. I always also like to mention there's additional training involved, um, in yoga therapy, we have like 800 more hours. Plus I, I looked at your, your bio, you've got way more than the thousand hours. Um, so it's really, I guess, also a, um, a commitment to, to yoga and, and to a yoga lifestyle and to continuing education, Um, and our own practices. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Now, we um, connected because we share a yoga teacher and and also an interest in working with people with chronic health conditions. And Elaine has lots of great videos on YouTube um, and a social media presence, at least on Instagram, with different videos and stuff. And you... Specialize? Would you say in working with people with chronic pain?
1: Yes, I have been specializing working with people with chronic pain for several years now, and I've had experience working with them from a clinical setting. I was teaching at an integrated pain clinic, um, and I would go in once a week and work with their uh, teach yoga to the patients there. And um, more in the past several years, it's more of a one-on-one work and small group sessions um, with just people in, in the city in San Francisco where I used to live. And um, since, of course, COVID, things have changed a little and I've been seeing clients online um, for chronic pain. Recently, I am kind of you can say expanding, but I want to say going deeper beyond just chronic pain and actually going into the roots of a lot of similarities that I see amongst my clients who have chronic pain and chronic health conditions. And this this doesn't mean that it encompasses everyone, but it's just the clients that have been drawn to work with me, they tend to be the type that may have some sort of trauma in the past, whether in childhood or more recently as an adult. Um, Also, perhaps the uh, personality of being people pleasers or Mm -hmm. always sacrificing themselves to, to make others like them or always worry about whether others like them so they kind of go out of their own way and really forget who they are. Uh, maybe they have the stress and pressure of always being perfect and always wanting to hold up expectations. So this added on stress can contribute and add on to um, chronic pain conditions and chronic health conditions. So this is just the kind of the underlying challenges and similarities that I've seen in a lot of my clients in the past several years. And so I want to bring that aspect in as well. And just like I said previously with yoga therapy, we're not just working on the physical layers of the person. We want to also see what their um, mental patterns, emotional patterns are, and that, that can feel or contribute to what they feel physically, what ma- is manifested physically So, yeah, I'm kind of expanding a little bit, working with more women, mostly women. I mean, I'm not discriminating, but it's mostly women that I work with that are drawn to work with me that are around my age or like in the age where they're working, they have a career, but they just don't know how to take care of themselves and juggle having a family, having a career, and they, still want to do everything perfectly and they're struggling with a health condition and they just, they've never been taught how to take care of themselves and it's not in them. And so they seek out professional help to guide them how to come back into that place of nourishment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Elaine. Um, when, when you talk about pain, um, so that people understand, is it is it, you know, low back pain? Is it migraines? Um, what kind of pain are people coming to you with?
1: Yeah, um, really any kind of pain. So I've definitely had several clients who have migraines. Um, I see a lot of people with lower back pain. It's very prevalent. I see people with really all over um, musculoskeletal pain, like fibromyalgia. hmm joint pain, like rheumatoid arthritis, um, pain, pelvic floor pain, mm-hmm. um, neck and shoulder pain. So it, it it's such a broad range. And I, you know, they come and say, I want to get rid of this pain. And they point at a specific location. And sure, at the forefront, we want to address that. But... I'm always interested in what's underneath that, like what in their daily habit, what in their and how they're living and conducting their life could be contributing to this. So as an example, um, someone who has migraines, I'm looking at, yes, I'm looking at their diet, I'm looking at their lifestyle, all the the, um, common quote unquote culprits But I'm also asking that, okay, when if they come in and they say something is stressing them out that day, I'm asking about how they feel inside, how they're responding to it. And talking, I'm not acting as a counselor, but just understanding maybe the kind of internal pressure, internal dialogue that could be going on inside that could also contribute to the migraine. Um, cause yes, there's a part where yes, there's external stress, but there's also these internal stresses that can add on to that. Um, so yeah, these are the kind of things I'm looking for and yes, I'm doing like physical poses to help alleviate it, but also guiding them through in terms of how, what, how their mind is working to help with alleviating some of that internal stress.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Nice. Thank you. Um, I I feel like you've made it clear that yoga is not just a physical practice, but I also think that's still oftentimes what people think of when they think of yoga. And so, you know, I can imagine a person who has back pain, just imagining, you know, that yoga is all about doing downward dogs and standing on your head and that sorts of things. So um, how do you get the message maybe across to people, across to people that, that it's more than that. Um, and I guess what I'm really asking is, and I know from my own practice, you're not you're not necessarily doing downward dog, right? So, what are some of the other things that people might do with their body that is yoga that they aren't seeing on the cover of magazines or on Instagram?
1: yeah yeah i mean a lot of my clients when they walk in through my office they yes they still have this um image of we're going to do downward facing dog we're going to stretch um to help alleviate their back pain and i do give them some aspect of that but it's it's a relationship I explained to them over time that we're not just doing yoga for the sake of the physicality. We're doing yoga to really address everything that can be causing lower back pain. And over time they do, once they kind of experience what I do, they understand it. So it's, it it can be very hard to put into words, but some of the, some of my favorite other poses that I teach that are not seen on Yoga Journal magazine covers and on Instagram and some of the posts that have actually become my client favorites, like if they only do one thing that day, it is this. And this, Sarah, you probably know very well as well, is a supportive shavasana where you're lying down on the floor with your legs supported by a chair. And that can yep. be incredibly soothing for not just lower back pain, but also upper back, migraine. And it can be extremely soothing for someone who's going um, going through some difficult things, difficult stress, um, emotions, or just overwhelm. And you can really layer on top, like we pile on the blankets and everything, and that just feels like you're in this very nourishing hug. That honestly, a lot of us don't receive enough, or at least not give ourselves enough. And this form of self nourishment is so needed. It just you're you're consciously taking in, like, oh, I am taking care of myself right now. And your as your body receives that message it will start to soften. It'll start to soften the tension, the rigidity and, and help you in, in whatever needs to be healed as well. So I would say that's the one pose. If I, if a client says, I don't have time, okay, can you just do this for 10 minutes a day?
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. That's my favorite. Also, I, um, if I, if I just do one thing a day, it's at the end of the day, laying down, putting my, my feet up and, and just relaxing and that supported shavasana. It's very, I don't have chronic pain. I have chronic voices in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I've got definitely, definitely anxiety and it just, it also just kind of, it soothes the nervous system. So that works on pain and anxiety and stress and overwhelm. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's kind of uh, one, I mean, yoga isn't one size fit all, but that pose really yeah. is one size fit all.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Because you could also do it in bed, you know, put some, a stack of pillows under your legs and, and yeah. lay in bed and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Of
1: course.
0: Do, do you, do you want to talk a little bit about how you ended up working with yoga and chronic pain? Um,
1: yes, so it started seven, eight years ago, yeah, eight years ago, when I was invited to teach a weekly class at that integrated pain clinic I mentioned earlier. Uh At that time, I was teaching vinyasa classes and power yoga classes, (laughs) um, but this physical therapist approached me after class and asked if I wanted to go teach once a week there. And I don't know. I, I mean, I have no idea why she asked a vinyasa, power yoga teacher. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe she, something just connected with her. And I'm glad she wow. did because that was when, the first day when I walked into clinic, I realized yoga can bring so much more to so many more people that don't necessarily go to studios, people that you don't see going to yoga studios precisely because of their health conditions or maybe it, it's it is intimidating. I mean if you especially now if you step into yoga studio today, everyone's like in their matching yoga outfit <laughs> and um, their brand yoga mat. It's very, I mean, I feel, I feel intimidated too. I walk in with my pajamas. You know?
0: <laughs> uh, yes. They're warming up by doing handstands. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> And then things like, oh, you can rest in downward facing dog.
0: Like,
1: rest <laughs> anyway, I, I'm going off tangent, <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of the, that that experience of working at a clinic was the, the portal to opening my eyes, how much more I can bring. And up until then, I mean, I was teaching vinyasa and power yoga, but I was not finding it like it fitted me. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't feeling um, content. I was feeling like I want something more. I want to do more with yoga, but I couldn't quite come to voice what exactly it was until I started working at the pain clinic. And I was like, okay, this is, this is it. This is where I want to put my services and teach yoga to. And, you know, from there on, I started doing more training, um, and started building my own private practice where I I saw one-on-one clients. And Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I, am. Similarly, I also taught at a pain clinic for a while here in Portland and had kind of a similar experience where I didn't realize that I could help people with pain with yoga. And it was really amazing to see the impact that yoga had, uh, you know, just within a very short 30, 45 minutes. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Would you, so this is an option, would you like to share with us today a short two, three, four minute practice, breath or visualization, anything anything that you might want to share today?
1: I would love to. I would love to. And this is something, this this is going to be a breathing practice, very simple and um Maybe some of your listeners also know about this practice or have practiced, but I just want to reinstate how incredibly powerful these simple practices can be because I think even today, even my clients today, they would think that they need to do something complex and complicated to help (sighs) with their um, challenges, but really it is... It is the simple things that you just keep doing daily that makes the most impact. Just like the support of Shavasana, you do it daily for just 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and you feel so different afterwards. The rest of your day just feels so different, or you just sleep so much better. So the breathing practice I'm going to share today is called humming breath, or otherwise known as the bumblebee breath, or um, in Sanskrit, it's brahmari. I'm going to do it slightly differently. Um, Traditional ones, you have all your scent organs, your eyes, your nose, your ears all covered up. But we're just going to do it in a more relaxed way. And actually, you can couple this breathing practice with supported shavasanas. You can lie down and your legs kicked up on the chair and do this humming breath. What's so powerful about this humming breath is when – your humming, you are naturally extending your exhales, which help to lower the reactivity of your nervous system. Your, the, the act of humming itself is a self-soothing technique. When you think of a child self-soothing, they kind of hum, or they kind of rock themselves, they, or they sing to themselves. So it's it's kind of a very primitive way of self-soothing. As you hum, you you also drown out what you earlier mentioned—the chronic. voice. <laughs> <blood. laughs> so yeah. it just works on so many, yeah. so many different levels. Yeah. So let's. Um, I'll guide everyone in this. We'll just do about a minute or two. So what you do is you inhale. As you would normally, and you hum on your exhales like so. Mm. And as we do it together, you don't have to match the length of your humming to mine. I just want you to hum to the natural length of your exhales. It's not a singing contest. It's not a breath holding contest. <laughs> um, and you don't you don't have to match the pitch of you're humming to mine either. You can go higher or lower pitch, whatever feels most comfortable and natural to you. And we'll we'll just keep going so you don't have to wait for me. Just keep humming at your own pace and then I'll I'll signal to everyone when to wrap up. Okay. So you can kind of comfortable seated position or you can lie down on your couch or bed or you can try the position with your legs up on a chair and lie down on the floor. Cuddle of some blankets. And we'll begin with just a few easy breaths in through the nose and out through the nose. Another easy breath in through the nose and out through the nose. And then the next exhale, you'll begin to hum in through the nose. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You can finish your last round and return to your natural breaths. Take notice of any sensations or effect of the breathing practice that you feel. It could be in your physical body, it could be in your energy. Maybe your mind state feels different. And just let whatever effects or changes and shifts that you feel to sink in for a couple more breaths. And then if you had your eyes closed, you can slowly let them open,
0: return. Thank you so much. Hmm. I should have started with that. (laughs) So much calmer now. Um, I love that breath, and I feel like it has a really fast effect on me, um, and and oftentimes the people I work with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it, it does, and it doesn't. It doesn't take much. You can do this in your car. You know, you can do this. Yeah. Um, you can do this anywhere. I mean, the humming doesn't have to be loud. I should have said that earlier, but it really can just be so quiet that you're almost like you're listening to it inside rather than humming for everyone to hear so it can be done anywhere it can be done so discreetly when you just need a moment to just kind of come back into yourself I mean sometimes I'm outside and I feel overwhelmed and it's like okay I can do yeah. this <laughs> you can do this breathing and just I think we did maybe like 10, maybe not even 10, maybe eight rounds. And it has such a profound effect.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure.
0: Um, So the last thing I would just would love for you to tell people where they can find you and also know that I'll include links in the, in the show notes, but what are you up to? What if someone wants to work with you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I, and I think the best place to start would be, um, through my website. I have a free breathing practice there. Um, it's another one of my and my client's favorite breathing practices. So you can find that on elaineyogacom slash melt as an M um, E L T. so you can start there. And if you want to get a little bit more about how I teach, that's a great way to start, um, you can also find me on Instagram. My handle is at Elaine underscore yoga therapy. And I think you mentioned um, at the beginning, Sierra, do you have a YouTube page. I haven't updated in a while, but there's a lot of videos that you can find on there. And that's yoga with Elaine.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing, Your expertise on yoga for chronic pain it was as always just lovely to speak with you
1: likewise thank you so much again for having me and allowing me to share what i love to to more people
0: thanks elaine thank you so much for listening to swimming and singing If you're interested in working with me or joining my online therapeutic yoga membership, head to my website at bit.ly forward slash yoga therapy for spoonies. And there you'll also find a link to a free yoga in bed three-part course. Links and contact information for me and my guests can be found in the show notes. If you like what you've heard, please share, rate, and review this podcast. If you have thoughts or comments you'd like to share with me, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep swimming and keep singing.